This last year has been a divisive year. We had contentious presidential elections. There have been differing opinions about how to deal with the pandemic. We had racial violence and all of the tension that has ensued from that. In some cases, there's been not only disagreement, but a sense that we're becoming more and more incapable of real dialogue, like we're just missing each other. And so people start shouting and name-calling, but we're losing hope that we can really talk things out. And then there are some situations in which it's hard to see how dialogue is even possible. You know, they recently come to a kind of peace agreement in the Middle East in this conflict between Israel and Palestine, but I'm not sure to what degree we can really call it a peace agreement. It's more like just a stable tension. There's no real peace there. And that's why over and over again it's broken out into violent conflict. As Christians, we can hope for more. We can hope for a real peace. We can hope for unity. Because what human negotiations can't accomplish, the Holy Spirit can. And he has. This is what we see on the day of Pentecost. On that day when the disciples were gathered there with Mary and they were waiting and invoking the Holy Spirit, not even knowing exactly what they were calling on, the Holy Spirit came in power and then spilled out upon others. And the, the Acts of the Apostles says, Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem. At this sound, they gathered in a large crowd, but they were confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were all astounded, and in amazement they asked, Are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? Then how does each of us hear them in his native language? We are Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya near Cyrene, as well as travelers from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. On that day, the church was born. And in this miracle of the tongues, the, the Holy Spirit prefigured what he would do in the universal church. Our church is called the Catholic Church. That means the universal church. And it truly is. It embraces men and women of every tongue and tribe and nation and culture. And there's nothing like it in the world. There's nothing to compare with it. I mean, take the next closest rival. I don't know what it would be. Maybe the United Nations. But it doesn't come close. What real unity is there among the nations of the United Nations? I don't mean to speak badly about the United Nations, but I mean, what real unity is there there? They can coordinate interests and they can avoid conflicts and they can, but can they really establish unity? Can they establish peace and love between people? There's nothing like the Catholic Church in the world that's so beautiful for its unity and its diversity. Go to Kenya and you'll find Kenyans who are truly Kenyans and truly Catholics. And then go to Germany, 
go to the south of Germany to Bavaria and you'll find there these German farmers with their Bavarian beer and their Bavarian bratwurst and they're Catholic to the bone. And then go to Mexico and you find a completely different culture. And yet they are Catholic to the bone. What else is there to compare to the Catholic Church? You know, and it's not just a, a name that we slap on all these different peoples. There's a real substantial bond of unity between us all. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we worship the same God. And though we call him different names in different languages, we know the one Jesus Christ. We love the same person. We've been saved by the same one. We were baptized in the same water and we received the same Holy Spirit. Today, in Nigeria and Canada and Argentina and Japan, we all celebrate the same Mass and we read the same readings and we all call upon the same Holy Spirit. In Nigeria, they enter with procession and dancing and songs. In Canada, I doubt it. But it's the same Mass that we celebrate. The same body and blood, the same sacrifice. You know, I've, it's just a little bit of the, the beauty of the diversity and unity of the church. A few years ago, my sister was living in Micronesia, and I went to go visit her, and I had a labor for a day in Japan, in Tokyo. And it was a Sunday, and so I decided I have to find a way to get to Mass. I didn't speak a word of Japanese, and I didn't know where I was going, but I had somebody write down in Japanese figures the name and address of the Mass on a piece of paper. And so I got off the plane at the airport and I started showing people this piece of paper. And so one guy directed me to the subway and I got on the subway and then I pointed to people and then I got off at one stop and got onto another subway. Then I got off at another stop and, and eventually I, I found a cab and I showed the cab driver and he drove around for about 15 minutes and then he just said, Get out of the car. I don't, I don't know what you're looking for. So he dropped me off in the middle of this neighborhood in Tokyo. Uh, he said, this is as close as I can get you. And so I started wandering around the neighborhood, pointing this piece of paper. And, and I found this guy who said, I know what you're talking about. And he walked me all the way to this tiny little Catholic church. I made it just in time for the gospel. And it was so beautiful. I didn't understand a word of the Mass besides amen. I didn't fit in the, in the pews, but, but <laughs> we had such a, it, it was the same mass. And after the mass, I you know, greeted the people and they greeted me and we couldn't say anything to one another. But there was this strong bond of love between us because we share the same faith and the same Holy Spirit lives in us. Then a few days later, I was in Micronesia and it was a completely different experience of, of Mass. All the women came in in their long floral dresses and somebody would press something on a, on a keyboard and they would play like 1980s techno music and they would start singing, but the most beautiful songs. I wanted to break the piano, but the, they, one person, they had no choir, but one lady would start singing and then another voice and then another voice and all of a sudden they were singing four-part har harmonies.
it was like heavenly. And then the boom, boom, boom in the, in the background. Well, there were dogs walking around in the, in the, in the church. And, but it's the same Catholic church. Isn't our faith beautiful? Is there anything like the Holy Spirit that unites so different people in such a strong bond of unity as the Catholic Church? And so we have a mission as Catholics to be a sign and instrument of unity in a divided world. To be a sign and instrument of unity in a divided world. It doesn't mean that we have to begin arbitrating international conflicts, although the Catholic Church has played that role at times. A few decades ago, Argentina and Chile were at the point of war when John Paul II intervened and he said, no, this cannot be. Two Catholic nations cannot shed each other's blood. And so they, he helped them negotiate a peace agreement. But most of us aren't popes, so our work is closer to home. I want to share a testimony of something that happened just in these last few days that for me was an example of, of the Catholic Church being both a sign and instrument of unity. On every, every week, we go for a couple of days to Mount Angel, and there's a little house and a chapel that we stay at there, and we work with the Hispanic community in that area. And when we arrived on Thursday, after having been away for a while, we found that in our parking lot, there was an RV parked there. And so we went to go see what was going on, and, and there was a woman living with her 10-year-old son. Well, we began to speak, and they were in a really difficult situation. Basically, they were homeless. They had bought this RV, and it broke down a few blocks away, and, and they kind of towed it into our parking lot. So we spoke together. We prayed. We shared some, a meal, kind of. I mean, we offered, and, then, and they offered us some they were already cooking chicken. This 10-year-old kid said, Mom, let's give these guys some chicken because what goes around comes around. He was a really sweet kid. But that night, I went to the San Juan Diego meeting, and I explained to these men the situation. I asked them if any of them were mechanics and they could come by and help. Well, none of them were, but spontaneously, they all jumped in and said, we want to help however we can. So they started pulling together money, and these are guys who most of them work in the fields. They don't have a lot of money, but they started pulling together quite a bit of money to help this lady out. Then they called a couple of friends. The next day, two mechanics came by. Well, then all of a sudden, our, our neighbors also started to get involved and to help. And when I spoke to the neighbors, I found out you know, that they had been watching all week. The RV had been there all week, and some of them were really angry, and others were afraid. And others wanted to help, but they were paralyzed. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what the first step was. Well, it's a long story to explain how it all worked out, but it was a strong experience of God's love shown through his people. You know, these, the, the neighborhood was kind of paralyzed, and then these 10 or 12 men filled with the Holy Spirit decided to take a step and to reach out and to help. And, well, they started to draw other people into that unity as well. I think it's a sign also in, in a nation that has been so divided along racial lines that a group of Hispanic men reached out to help this white woman. 
So I'm not saying that we solved all the world's conflicts in Mount Angel this week. But I am convinced that the work of the church filled with the Holy Spirit is where real progress will be made in establishing unity in our country and our world again. So I want to propose just two steps for us in order to fulfill this mission that we have. The first is to reach out to someone who's different from you in this week. To take a step, and I know it requires some courage, but the Holy Spirit gives us courage. The disciples were, were hidden away in the upper room for fear. And then when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they went out to the four corners of the earth and they preached with boldness. Well, the Holy Spirit will give us boldness to reach out and to connect with someone that we wouldn't otherwise connect with because they have a different political view, because they look differently, because they are different somehow. It could be someone within the church, within the community that you just don't see eye to eye with or someone that, that you barely know. I don't know. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you this week to connect with someone, someone different from yourself. The second is to pray for unity in the church, especially tonight. You know, we can't be a sign or instrument of unity if we ourselves are not unified as a church. And that unity is not going to come from working out all of our disagreements about superficial details. It's not going to come from you know, aligning all of our, our preferences it's going to come from entering more deeply into the mystery of Jesus Christ because he is the source of our unity and in being renewed in love. So let's pray for that. I want to end with this image from Acts chapter 2. Just after Pentecost, St. Luke describes the early church that had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think it can motivate our prayer and our work for unity in the church and in the world. The book of Acts says they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the common life, to the breaking of the bread and to the prayers. Awe came upon everyone and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their property and possessions and divide them among all according to each one's need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple area and to breaking bread in their homes. They ate their meals with exaltation and sincerity of heart, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Lord, send down your spirit on your church. Purify us from all division and all rivalry that comes from self-love. Make us truly a sign and instrument of unity in this divided world. Send your spirit upon us and draw many into this real and profound unity that you've established in your church. Lord, we thank you for your Catholic Church. There's nothing like it on this earth. Nothing so beautiful. 
nothing so diverse, nothing so profoundly one on the face of the earth. Lord, send forth your spirit and renew our unity. Amen.